the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. I don't even know what to think, y'all. I just found out that in addition to Skins never having had a chicken and a biscuit cracker, two of our other peeps here at the station just told me they had never had a chicken and a biscuit. And then I get a text message that two of my favorite people here in San Diego, actually two of my favorite people anywhere, I'm not going to, in fact, I, I can't even, I'm not going to out them. I'm not going to give their names because I don't want to out something so crazy that people hadn't had a chicken and a biscuit cracker. Okay. But Skins, can you not attest? It's got, maybe it's because you, these are people from, from California. Maybe I, I that's the thing. I don't know. Cause I'm, you know, I'm born and raised here. It does seem to me be like a Southern thing, but in, my life is greatly improved. Well, you know, spicy fried chicken, Brian Maloney is joining us for Money's with Maloney. And, you know, I just assume he lied to me and tell me he's had chicken and a biscuit cracker. Oh, I have. I have. You're, you're good on this one. <laughs> okay. See, okay. So, Brian Maloney, what is going on here with... Yeah, is, but so I think that growing up in California, I think chicken and a biscuit was something that was only occasionally on the on the store shelves. And I remember having it as a kid. Um, and then here where I am now, uh, back east, uh, I, I've rarely seen that on the shelves but they have some weird brands back here that you've never seen in the West. So I don't know. The brands are a little bit different here. Yeah. I don't know how you live up in the Northeast other than good <laughs> Italian food. Y'all, they don't know. They don't know how to cook a, cook a meal up in, uh, in the Northeast. Oh. Um, okay. So glad to have you with me, Brian Maloney, Red Wave America, because there's, there's some interesting things happening. Uh, with 2024 and Trump, um, I'm sure you have heard um, that, I mean, part of the problem Ron DeSantis is having right now is Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer has, in addition to exposing Ron DeSantis that, uh, and it's kind of complicated, um, I'm not going to get into it too much for the listeners because it can make their eyes glaze over, but there was a pack that raised money for Ron DeSantis for him to be governor. That money got transferred over here. Then it got transferred over here. Some A million dollars of that money went to pay off. Uh, one of the Florida legislatures who changed, who amended the constant, the state constitution so he could run. So there's some shady business going on there with Ron DeSantis. And then we find out today, Brian Maloney, that Laura Loomer has found out with his FEC records that he doesn't technically have enough donors to even qualify for the August debate. Well, yeah. And so what, you know, if you go on to Twitter or whatever, and you see the DeSantis, uh, you know, I won't even say what people call them, but if you, if you see the DeSantis defenders on there, 
they will crow about how much money that he's raking in or whatever. But that is really deceptive because, as you've pointed out, uh, that was simply a transfer of funds from his gubernatorial. He just took his gubernatorial war chest and transferred it to his presidential campaign. And then they went screaming about, look at all the money we raised. Well, really, he just moved a bunch of money. So mm-hmm. that's a major, major uh, issue there. But beyond that, I mean, his campaign is the worst presidential campaign I've seen from a Republican in years. I mean, I, I was comparing it for a while to Scott Walker's campaign, but I think it's even worse. Mm-hmm. So amateurish. The people he hired were horrible. And the people that he brought on board that were, you know, Twitter, so-called Twitter influencers, he picked a terrible group of people. And you really can't run your campaign on Twitter because not enough people are on Twitter every day. It really is a niche kind of site that people who are in the media or in politics use on a daily basis. But the masses do not use Twitter. They never have. They never will. Uh, So Twitter's importance is greatly overstated in this country, especially in terms of changing things, moving the needle uh, politically. Uh, definitely. So right. it's been a disaster. Right. And then on top of it, um, he, he had to lay off a bunch of staffers. He had over a hundred people or 90 something people on staff and the burn rate, uh, was just way high. And that's where, um, you're spending more money than you're taking in. He's only got 12 million cash on hand. And, you know, it's just really looking like a complete disaster. And the sad thing is for him, he's been a phenomenal governor. When you watch his interview with Tucker and with other people, he's right on policy. Um, but the, what I said two years ago was he, um, well, let me even backtrack, even, even going back farther than that. In general, uh, two years ago, I stated when I saw him give a speech at a turning point event, I was like, uh-oh. He may be great as a governor, but he has absolutely no ability to capture a room, no ability uh, to woo a crowd. He just doesn't have the charisma. And when you are going to do a sales campaign, and I know because I was trained by the best, I worked at Xerox when it was the top sales force in the world. I was hired out of thousands of people and put through, I, I mean, I spent six months in training before I was allowed to talk to a customer. You have to know your competition. And if you can't size up your competition to know that you are that Trump is basically the incumbent and for the Republican Party and you better have some serious sway in order to knock him out and you have to know what your weaknesses are and he has run such a crappy campaign he has shown no ability to understand his competition be able to do anything about it so how in the world is he supposed to win the general because that's the big argument from his people that well you know Trump can win the primary but he can't win the general DeSantis can't win anything Well, and so here's the thing. You have to look at why each one of these people is in the GOP presidential primary race. What are the rest of those people in there for? They're mostly in there hoping to become somebody's VP picked down the line or to sell a book or to get some name ID. That's why the rest of them are in there. But DeSantis is actually supposedly in there trying to win the nomination, yet he's so far behind he really can't do it. So the rest of those guys can kind of putter along until, you know, next year with a small amount of money and get their message out and be on the debate stage or whatever. But with DeSantis, I mean, the purpose was different. And like you said, if he were to just stick around, serve out that second term as governor of Florida and build a future 
uh, Republican machine for that state, I think in uh, whatever, four years later, whatever, he would be formidable as a presidential candidate. But he's doing this too, too soon. And he's too young, frankly. But I, I don't know where you go to gain uh, you know, personality and charisma. Though. Well, you That's don't. That's you why. You can't train someone to have, you're either interesting or you're not. And he's almost Pence bad. He's almost Mike Pence awful. He's well, almost that right. bad. Well, this is why George Herbert Walker Bush would have never been president, but for being vice president. Ted Cruz was never, never had the ability to become president on his own. And Ron no. DeSantis never had the ability to become president on his own. VP was the way. And and he's already said there's no way he'd be VP. It's gotten too nasty, just like it got too nasty with Ted Cruz. That should have, you know, he he and and it shows and his inability to assess the situation and launch a successful sales campaign. He only became governor in Florida off of Trump's heels. He almost lost to a meth head crack addict who was found. Yeah passed out in a hotel yeah he won re-election but he would have never been had a chance to win re-election had he not been pushed over the finish line from trump he can't win on his own because he does not have the personality and now it's looking like he's damaged himself forever and possibly hurt us because all he's he and the rest are doing all day long is going against trump and doing everything he can to damage him going into the general which is completely narcissistic and self-serving he never should have done anything but throw his hat in the ring for VP. That was his right. only chance to be president. But the thing is, if somebody lacks charisma, if they can't pack a room, you could at least have people who could craft interesting ads, you know, and have craft an interesting message. And he has run ads so far that are worse than what I've seen for local races, for state assembly races. Whatever. I mean, he is running ads that you would see on a, you know, channel 78 at three in the morning. They're that amateurish. So, I mean, how do you even explain that part of it? It's just like, so he clearly doesn't know who to hire either. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is, is incredible to watch because at least in the cases of people like Scott Walker in 2015 or so, that guy at least had the sense to get out of the race early. And the difference this time is DeSantis is still in the race. The reason he's still in the race is because he's had Rupert Murdoch and other people insisting that he stay in there. I don't know if they're really giving him the money that he needs. I don't think they are, but they're insisting. They're saying, you know, you'll have the full backing of Fox. Or at least that was the case. Now there are rumors that, you know, maybe the Murdochs are wavering on that. But, I mean, you know, where do you go from here? If, if you're just sitting there hoping that Trump somehow gets out of the race, that's not going to happen. So the path for this is, is just a waste of time and money and energy. And it's just dividing everybody up in a way that's stupid. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. I want to get, I want to play a clip from you from Trump talking about uh, the debates. We've got the debates coming up, whether or not um, you agree with Trump and his comments that he's made about a debate. We're talking to Brian Maloney from Red Wave America, fellow chicken and a biscuit cracker eater. I'm loving I'm getting text messages from people showing me their chicken and a biscuit boxes. Email me, com. Show me your chicken and a biscuit eater. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay Show, on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Continuing on our discussion about uh, 2024 with Brian Maloney, who uh, to me is he's my go-to guy for election strategies and and wisdom when it comes to this. I, I want to play you this clip, Brian, from Trump talking about. Uh, uh, whether or not he should debate candidates polling at zero. Clip one. Will you be on that stage? Are you participating in the upcoming debate? Well, you know, it's a uh, quite an easy question normally. Ronald Reagan didn't do it, and a lot of other people didn't do it. When you have a big lead, you don't do it. And we have a lead of 50 and 60 points in some cases, and uh, some of these people are at zero. Uh, Ron DeSanctis, as I call him, or DeSanctimonious, is down to, uh, he's in the teens now, and I'm at 50 and 60 and 65 and even I saw one today at 70 and so you're leading people by 50 and 60 points and you say why would you be doing a debate it's not it's actually not fair why would you let somebody that's at zero or one or two or three you know be popping you with questions your response yeah so I I think he's right about this Uh, the bottom line is if he gets onto the debate stage with these guys who are pulling two or three or four percent or whatever and have you know one one hundredth the cash that he has on hand you know that all of them are going to gang up on him so he only has something to lose he has nothing to gain because he already has the name id that he needs so he doesn't need that these people need to be on the debate stage because people have never heard of most of them and you can never say that about trump but the flip side of this is i think trump has been too quiet lately and you don't he's not really articulating a lot of policy positions these days and so it's really unclear where he's kind of taking the campaign the polls still show him way ahead i don't expect that to change but i'd also like to hear way more about the vision because mm-hmm. what i don't want to see is what happened in the summer of 2020 where the reelection campaign was unbelievably unfocused and he had hired horrible people, including people who I think outright stole his campaign money and got away with it, uh, which, which that is not even in dispute. So, I mean, what happened in that reelection campaign was an absolute disaster. And the main thing that was missing there was what was the guy going to do in the second term? Let's hear about it. And we yeah. didn't. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think at this, uh, and that's one of the, uh, I watched some of his speech at Turning Point this weekend. I think, um, I, I, and I didn't hear a whole lot of policy stuff. I think at this point, I like that Maria Bartiromo asked him questions like, okay, going back to 2016, what, what, what were some mistakes? What were things you did wrong? And he said, personnel. Um, and I'm glad that he's recognized it. And I like that. And she continued to press him. Uh, well, uh, what would you do different? Why would you, you know, why did that happen? You, you know, why didn't you drain the deep state? So I think that, you know, I I thought she did probably one of the best interviews. I'm tired of seeing him. I'm tired of seeing even friends of mine just let him cakewalk. I mean, either he, you know, like my, my friend, Dr. Gina, you're not helping him when he's not being challenged because the reason why he's not at 90% with the Republicans instead of 60 or 55 or 50 is because he's, he's, either going on these far left outlets and being you know lied about and being you know um attacked via lies or he's um being given too much of a cakewalk yeah 
But I don't think any of them are really like, but none of them right now are really giving true policy stuff. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is actually giving probably more more details and specifics really than anybody else, which is why he's rising. So your advice is good advice because Ron DeSantis, for example, he's coming out today. Oh, next week, I'm going to say what I'm going to do to route out the woke in the military. Why are you telling me what you're going to do next week? Why are you why are you even saying that? Why either tell me what you're going to do? or keep your mouth shut because you're not giving me anything. Trump needs to shift and, and stop talking about the sanctimonious. Stop talking about yeah, anybody okay, else. That's it. that's it right there, Andrea. This is if I were if I were advising Trump, uh, the first thing I would tell him is stop talking about Ron DeSantis because DeSantis is pretty much finished already. Yes. And don't talk about the rest of them because they're polling two or three percent. None of those people exist. So the bottom line is the polls show that this guy has it right now, that Trump has it right now. So then you shift into policy. You shift into what you would do if you were elected again. What are the things that resonate? And one of the mistakes DeSantis continues to make is he's riding completely on the woke issue or whatever. And that does appeal to a subset of conservatives, sure. But you're missing everything else. You're missing appealing to the average person that could no longer afford their utility bills, their rent, their mortgage, groceries, uh, energy bills, whatever. You know, nobody can afford anything anymore. Everything, the cost of everything's out of control. Property taxes, sales taxes, you name it. People are being destroyed. Uh, and where is that? Nobody's talking about that. So you're, you're missing the issues. DeSantis mm-hmm. wanted to build a campaign going against Disney or whatever. And there's a subset of people that eat that up. And that's great. But you, he's trying to run the whole campaign on that. But yeah. what you see in response with Trump is every time he could have been articulating a policy issue, he's talking about Ron DeSanctimonious again. And that just shuts people off. So right. I it know, shut. It, know, it, we, it, yeah. Excuse me for interrupting. We're talking to Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. And the reason why it shuts people off is because it's like. It, this isn't 2016 running the hyperbolic, you know, bad Hillary, corrupt Hillary that I, I that's all fine if you want to mix that in a little bit, because that's the Trump charismatic every man people like and they like the quips or whatever. But at this point, people want to know exactly what you're going to do. They will give you a pass on the fact that you you made some bad personnel decisions because you were new there. What do, how are you going to do it differently? You you were saying you answered Maria Bartiromo, for example, that you were there without a machine well what are you doing to align yourself to make sure that you're going in there without with a bunch of outsiders to go with you and then how are you going to use them are you going to pink slip everybody or are you just going to fire everybody at the top what are your plans are you going to get rid of the department of education are you going to get rid of dismantle the fbi or are you going to try to try try to change it and how Uh, people need specifics at this point and i tell you an area in which um um, all, all the candidates are failing is I had a conversation yesterday with, with a young married couple that are like, how are we ever going to be able to buy a home in this country? Exactly. And that's where you could you could nail it all. But I would also want Trump to pledge that Jared and Ivanka, who are two idiots, yes. would never be allowed anywhere near the White House again to make any personnel decisions. Everything they did was either inept, incompetent or self-serving and corrupt. Keep those two out of there and promise America they will not even be allowed inside the White House. I know it's his daughter, 
but they did so much damage to that presidency. I don't even know where to begin, but you're absolutely right. What you're talking about here is if you start to speak to voters and say, I understand you can't afford a home. I know you're working your tail off and the American dream has is lost you. It's, it's no longer possible. Uh, and that, that will bring in millions of young voters. So what I would want to see if I were running Trump's campaign, I would be telling him this is a complete refresh is the complete redo you're reinventing yourself this is trump 2.0 and by the way i wrote an op-ed piece about that a year and a half ago at american greatness and i called it trump 2.0 if the guy i said if this guy's going to run again because back then i didn't know he would have to change a b and c i had a whole list of things Mm -hmm. and the bottom line here is you can't run a 2016 or a 2020 campaign because the world has changed a great deal and you need to adapt to that, adjust. And I have not seen that. No. And on top of it, you know, as part of his interview, evidently, he was like, we're going to give Ukraine, we, you know, everything that they want more than they've ever gotten before. That's a mistake in a shift. Wait, he said that. Wait, Trump said that? Yes. He did? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm shocked to hear that. I had no idea. Yeah. That, that, is, a, that is ridiculous. I can't, you know, I mean, the Ukraine issue is polling poorly with Americans. People are really starting to question why we're throwing so much money, you know, at a war that I, I don't think we're winning by any measure. And the bottom line here is I'm hearing now that Biden is talking about calling up reservists. I don't know if you saw that in the news this week. And then how yes. far behind is the draft? Uh, and, and, you know, you want to start, if I were any Republican candidate right now, I would be screaming at the top of my lungs about a potential draft of young people to be sent to Ukraine. Your kids could be sent to Ukraine, not only your sons, but your daughters. That would resonate. So what is wrong with all these people? Not just Trump, not just DeSantis, but all the people in the, how can all of them be so out of touch uh, and not be addressing some of these fears that the American Yeah. See, that's why he's my spicy fried chicken, man. He brings it every time he's here. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America. Follow him on Twitter at at S Scalpings. Correct? Yep. All right. Thank you, my dear. We'll see you next Monday for Mondays with Maloney. Okay. All right. And you, the rest of you, stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. <laughs> Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Just reading some emails from some listeners. Frankie says, I put my chicken in a biscuit in my toothpaste for crying out loud. Say what? <laughs> he says, happy for you, Skins, that you have discovered chicken in a biscuit. Crapper, crack, crappers. <laughs> crackers another email from a listener says um regarding chicken he says you sure you're not talking about a chicken a bedstead (laughs) chicken in a biscuit okay (laughs) um another listener called oh this was about miranda lambert and the girls uh scolding the girls taking selfies at the concert He says it just depends if those girls taking selfies were blocking or interrupting her performance for other people. Um, No, she was specifically about them not listening to her sing. And they weren't they weren't paying attention to Miranda in the moment. They weren't blocking anybody else from uh, seeing or listening to uh, the performance. So just to clarify that. Um, Love y'all's emails. Oh, another listener says, don't worry about your rant. You were right on. 
Um, that goes back to the open of the show at the six o'clock hour. I was just so aggravated with the with the exploitation of the U.S. military trying to push wokeness. You know, we, the left doesn't care about the military. If they did, we wouldn't have the homeless veterans during the Obama administration. Mem- remember, I need to remind y'all the suicide hotline. They were getting voicemails on the suicide hotline. Right. Uh, just w- w- what they what they have done to the U.S. military to service people and their families and our veterans is despicable. Um, so anyway, there's that. Um, that's a good news story. I told y'all that was the um, we had we had a duo of hero and a zero when it comes to country music. Here's my hero. Hadn't heard of this guy before. No, I hadn't either. I mean, I kind of like country music. This is uh, somebody <laughs> new to me. I saw an interview with him today. And let's just say, um, you know, he, he was some eye candy. Austin Moody hadn't heard of him. He's got a new song out that's lighting up the iTunes charts. Um, it's in the top 30 just days after um, Breitbart News reported on it. I, I've never heard of him before. Have you even heard of Austin Moody? No. Like no. Uh, like I said, I, I, I like country music a little bit, and uh, that's a brand new name to me. Yeah. He has written a song called I'm Just Saying," And... Um, we're not going to play the song on here because we don't have the rights to play the song on here. But here's the lyrics. They've torn Portland all to pieces. Let Chicago go to hell. There's people leaving New York City like they rang the fire bell. They call themselves enlightened but cancel those who don't agree. I wish all these folks who claim they're woke would just go back to sleep. I'm just saying, have we all lost our minds? I'm just saying, where do we draw the line? I know y'all think it takes to be singing what I'm singing, but I'm just singing what you're thinking. So um, that's just some of the lyrics on this song. So um, it sounds really good to me. I don't have an iTunes music account, but if I did, I mean, it sounds like a good song to me. I think we need to be supporting artists that are, these are the artists we should be supporting. Not these Hollywood writers uh, who are being supported by Adam Schiff. Listen, when you're standing on the picket lines next to Adam Schiff, you're not my people. You're not my people. Um, what I said on Newsmax, I stand beside. I, you know, I, I'm. You know, they wanted to get into the unions and this and that. I don't care. You think they can't? They, you, it, these SAG actors don't care about the non-union actors and the requirements to become a SAG actor, and then how much money these poor people have to make to become a member of SAG. I mean, it's a bunch of crap. These SAG actors hate me, and I'm supposed to care about them. No, now I can't be bothered. I remember we played the video of a lady who's, um, you know, remember back when Gavin Newsom said that the state was on a dimmer switch and he could just go up and down and shut businesses and reopen businesses. And and it was mainly restaurants and and anything in the hospitality industry, restaurants and um, hotels and venues, right? Hollywood was exempt. Oh, Hollywood was exempt. And here all these restaurants were excited that if... And some of them, um, not all restaurants had the ability to, to have outside re- seats outside. So there was this one um, Mexican restaurant up in L.A. They were going to reopen, but only for outside. She spent $30,000 to outfit a parking lot so she could serve, excuse me, diners outside. Then they shut down outside dining. But they gave an exception to Hollywood and right across the street from her or across actually, I think the driveway, there was an alley, a movie production or TV production had tents set up and was catering and feeding people outside. 
and her video went viral. Hollywood, these are the same Hollywood people that that vote to support high taxation and regulation that has destroyed just like COVID had destroyed, but even outside of COVID has destroyed businesses in this state. Qualcomm in San Diego has announced that they're setting up shop down in Tijuana because they can't afford to do business here anymore. Can't blame them. Hollywood loves to vote for high taxation and regulations, and then they have the ability to skip off to places like Georgia, which is business friendly, but manufacturing plants can't do that. On a whim. They can't just go and set up for three months in another state because their businesses aren't aren't road, you know, like that. They can't they can't take their businesses on the road like that. And then they want to cry victim. These actors do. And these writers. Somebody said to me today, because I have family in Hollywood, said to me today, there is a concern about, you know, AI because, you know, what's to stop the, you know, you give an idea to a, an artificial intelligence writer. Excuse me, I'm trying to fight off getting the hiccups. And they could write a whole script. Well, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be any... Well, yeah, they could, because if you look at most of the writing today, it's so formulaic. But Hollywood doesn't want to make a lot of movies that come from, like, they didn't want to make Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom was made on a shoestring budget, and it was hidden for five years. It was actually a great movie. I saw it this weekend. Hollywood, Hollywood now doesn't want to make great movies like they did before. They want to do form they want to do like superhero formulaic stuff or they want to do woke crap that people don't want to see. Right? So, you know, I don't think, you know, so I can't I can't be I can't feel bad uh, for Hollywood. But when we have these celebrities, when we have studios like Angel Studios and by the way, I think Sound of Freedom is the first movie in history or at least in many years that's actually made more money in its second weekend than opening weekend. I think it made 80 something million dollars so far. So um, I was actually blown away by that movie. Um, There's many people haven't seen it yet, I think, because they just think maybe it's political. You don't even have to like politics or care about politics to enjoy this movie. This is a well-made theatrical production. It was it was as good or if not better than almost any other movie you will have seen in the past few years. It is just an exceptionally made, and of course, Jim Caviezel and some of the other actors were, uh, there There was, I, I don't even know who he is, was like the, a character actor, and he was one of the lead actors. I've never seen him before, and he blew me away. The Visually, it was amazing. It was just a phenomenal, great movie. If you haven't seen it, go see, go see this movie go see this movie i was as entertained in that i mean i slept through a star is born the entire movie and have no interest in there's a reason why i fell asleep in a star is born with lady gaga and bradley cooper and people are like oh you did and i'm like yeah they're like well have you gone back to watch it on streaming no there's a reason why i fell asleep this movie would not have fallen asleep in it I actually saw an interview today with one of the children and she talked about it and and how um, one of the difficult scenes was that she did and how her acting coach was there with her and how she was treated so respectfully. There is a movie that was put out um, that was um, tweeted out today. Um, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but there's a clip from HBO Mundi, which is the Latin version of HBO Max. And it is a movie that shows 
a rape scene of a 14-year-old. The character is 14. The actor who played it, I think, was 12 or 13. Might be time to get rid of your HBO Max subscription. And I don't care that the story, it stars Laura Dern, by the way. Now, I don't care if the story is supposed to be one warning about abuse. There was no, there's, there's other ways to tell the story of abuse from an adult than by, by casting a child and recreating a child rape scene. Because the way this scene was recreated was a pedophile's fantasy. And intentionally so, in my opinion. All right, we're going to take a break. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. Do you have tickets yet for the best event coming this summer? I'm going to tell you about it when we come back. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. My girl Sandy emailed me a picture of her Easter buffet with a box of chicken and a biscuit. Thank you, Sandy. I knew I knew my girl Sandy had had chicken and a biscuit. She also sent me a picture of the selfie, and I'm wondering if Miranda Lambert um, was just jealous because these women in this selfie are all each one of them is like better looking. <laughs> but you could tell that they had framed themselves around Miranda Lambert. I mean, it was like clearly they were just excited to be there. So, bad move. She might lose a lot of fans. Yeah, because, you know, this was clearly women that were dressed up and excited to be there, put with their faces on, just looking amazing. And, you know, um, she could have at least said, hey, ladies, you know, I'd appreciate it. I'm glad you're happy to be here. But I'd appreciate it if y'all wouldn't do selfies in the middle of me singing. At least, you know... um, Slop some sugar on the situation, as we say. I've heard bands in the, in the past basically make a blanket statement and say, you know what? At the beginning of the show, enjoy the show. If you want to snap a couple of quick pictures, fine. But let's not make that part of your experience because we're all here to experience the music together. Yeah, something like that. But uh, it's just blanking me off. I mean, she was just such a snot about it. Nobody likes snotty Miranda Lambert. Nobody likes snotty. Um, speaking of snotty. That reminds me of, because when you think snotty, you think of these narcissistic, you know, biological men that can't compete and can't hack it against real men. So they decide that they're going to pretend to be women and compete against little girls. Uh, to me, there isn't anything more narcissistic because narcissists have no conscience. They have such a sense of entitlement that they don't care who they destroy in their wake. They feel like they deserve to get whatever they want whenever they want it. So enter Leah Thomas. I don't remember his name before he changed it to Leah. Um, I don't care. He is still a he. So it doesn't matter how long and scraggly, you know. And by the way, I don't care who you are. Um, you know, I mean, you don't grow your hair long if it's not healthy hair. I mean, this this is just looking like it, he he's looking like he's it's a really bad impersonation of um, Sarah Jessica Parker from the old Sex in the City days. So anyway, he is wearing a T-shirt saying Antifa Super Soldier. Not surprised at all, man, to see you wearing a T-shirt proudly uh, declaring yourself an Antifa Super Soldier because isn't that what he is doing in a sense, behaving like Antifa just without the cement milkshakes? It's just about overpowering people that you hate through force. 
denying people their right, doing it in an ugly fashion, showing complete hatred and disregard for other people in their lives under the phony guise of civil rights. So I think he's absolutely right. He is an Antifa super soldier. Andy No, who had his head cracked open by Antifa, as well as had a, having a, had a cement milkshake tossed on him, tweeted out, quote, trans swimmer Leah Thomas, formerly William Thomas, has now embraced Trantifa uh, branding and new photos posted on social media. Trans violent militancy is the current focus of Antifa. They believe that critics of trans ideologies should be silenced, maimed or murdered. And that's absolutely true. Why do we not have the manifesto of the trans Tifa terrorist who murdered eight year olds in a school? Why is any government or police department covering for the trans terrorist? There was a trans terrorist at a rally in London saying if you uh, and there's a name for that they have for anti trans people. And I can't remember what the name what the name of it is, but they they're calling for violence against anti-trans people. And yes, I am anti-trans. I used to be, look, you're an adult, do your own thing, until it became about trying to force people to participate in it, trying to force people to use certain pronouns, trying to force children to go along with it. I was going to say, especially with the kids. With the kids. And now, you know what? I'm just going to say what it is. It's a mental illness. And I don't have to be to participate in that. And I refuse to. And now that you're trying to force children into that and recruiting them into it and trying to deny parents from stopping it, I'm now your enemy. Every one of you. I was polite and respectful to Caitlyn Jenner. Now, well, I would not I would not treat Caitlyn Jenner in the same way that I did before. Caitlyn Jenner, one of the reasons why some conservatives did support Caitlyn Jenner is because Caitlyn Jenner had gone around and said, that it was wrong for biological males to now compete, to compete against women. He now says golf is an exception. How is it an exception? No, if, that's one of those issues where you're, you're in, you support one direction or the other. Well, there's no way that, uh, that it, barring exceptions, which are called outliers in, st- in statistics, if a biological male is going to be able to have an advantage over a female in tennis, a biological male will have the advantage over a female in golf. You're swinging a club that hits a little ball. Your upper body strength and the length of your arms is going to make that easier for you. Hashtag science. And Caitlyn Jenner supports transgendering of children as long as parents are involved in it. And I am against it. I don't care. There are parents that give their children pot. There are parents that give their children other kinds of drugs. It's child abuse. It's child abuse. And I don't support it in any way. And Caitlyn Jenner does. So now... If I had the opportunity to interview Caitlyn Jenner again, I would say, no, thank you. Or I would sit down with Caitlyn Jenner and say, I'm not here to tell you what's wrong with you mentally, but you have a mental issue, you have a mental problem, and you need to stop shoving it on other people. It's bad enough you've destroyed your family and ruined your family with this crap. And by the way, how many people know that he was actually on 
um, female hormones at the time that Chris Jenner met him and married him and brought two children into the world with him. Did you know that, Skins? Yeah. Something's wrong with her. Any woman that would get involved with a man who was taking female hormones, what's wrong with you? All right. Um, two minutes left in the show. As the L.A. homelessness crisis deepens, the mayor of L.A., Mayor Karen Bass, has signed an updated emergency declaration uh, giving her more extensive authority to tackle what she has described as an issue of life and death. Well, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? This is these are the same. This is the same Democrats who who are, are are happy. They're like, yay, let's legalize drugs, right? We've got a mental. The primary problem with homelessness is about drug addiction and mental illness, which and mental illness is often caused by drug addiction. You're in support of legalizing drugs. You've created this problem. What do you, you know? Yeah, it is an it, it is a crisis. It is a matter of life and death, and you've created the problem. Now, how do you expect the taxpayers to solve it for you? Well, and if that wasn't bad enough, then you have on the flip side of the country, Andrea, in Massachusetts, uh, they're calling on residents to take border crossers into their homes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, border cross. How many of them are MS13 gang members? How many of them are child sex traffickers? Do our part, Andrea. How many of them are rapists? How many of them are never going to leave and they're going to be squatters? Would you open your door and let a stranger come in? They're Why asking you- residents to provide a room or a, or an wow. apartment for a few days. Wow. How long before it's mandatory? Oh, exactly. Slippery slope. Would you give you Would you open your home? 888-344-1170. 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. Would you open your home to an illegal alien voluntarily? And what if it then became mandatory? Let's keep the conversation rolling. You can follow me and share your thoughts on that on all the socials. Email me at andreacastro.com. 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. Our big event is on August 10th. Go to theanswersandiego.com. Get your tickets. They're selling out. Once they're gone, they're gone. I want to see you there with me, Mike Gallagher, and Officer Brandon Tatum. We're going to have lots of fun. Come hang out with us on August 10th. See you tomorrow, though, right here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.